Hey, welcome to the H&HR podcast. My name is Heather Taves. And I am Heidi Bolt. And we're sisters. We believe here at the H&H Hour that your ordinary is extraordinary. Thanks for listening. Hey, H&H listeners, welcome back to our show. We're so glad that you've joined us today. Hopefully, clicking on this podcast will bring you some encouragement and will just challenge you in your everyday life. Because that's what this show is about, Heidi. It's about taking our everyday lives, our ordinary lives, and recognizing that we have this opportunity to view them as extraordinary. That's right. And sometimes it's hard to do that, especially when you've been shelter in place, stay at home, whatever the hashtag is, for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. We're going on months now. We're starting to go on months. Yeah, I actually just read, it popped up on my phone right before we hit record, um, that our city and the area surrounding it, they've come up with a plan for opening the public back up. Hallelujah. Is it quick? No. Oh. It's not quick at all. So we'll just call all my people. (laughs) All your people? Ask them to do all that they can in our city. (laughs) So we'll just leave that conversation for another time. Another day. Yes. Another day. But if you're just tuning in, my name is Heather Taves, and I'm sitting next to my sister and my co-host, and her name is Heidi Bolt. And we've been doing this show for over three years now. Yeah, we have. And our favorite thing about it is bringing our friends Mm -hmm. and people that we know and people that we don't know onto the show and giving them an opportunity to share their stories. Yeah. And those stories go out and that those are the shows we get the most feedback on. Yes. Because people's stories really do impact others. Yeah. Well, I remember our brother asked us the other night, he said, what is the why to your show? We were talking about this show. And I was remembering back to three and a half years ago when God gave us this idea. And the why was truly to talk about the fact that ordinary lives are very extraordinary, specifically when you view them through the lens that God in intended for us to Mm -hmm. and giving people the opportunity to tell their story Mm -hmm. that may not otherwise be given the opportunity right and so that has truly been our why Mm -hmm. is letting people come on and tell their stories and seeing the impact of those stories Mm -hmm. across this nation across other nations seeing people reach out and say uh, i i mean i remember specifically like we had a friend a close friend who talked about how suicide had impacted her Mm -hmm. family very deeply, mm-hmm. both like 20 years removed when she was a young woman and her yeah. dad committed suicide. And then 20 years later, her brother committed suicide and that was current day. Yeah, And we had a listener reach out and say she had just walked through it and yeah. that the timing of that was so important in yeah. her life. And yeah. so- And thousands of people connected with that show. Like yes. that was a show that just made such a huge impact. Right. And so just giving- people the opportunity to voice what God's doing in their life, there's always a ripple effect, which is what I love about it. So I also love that, you know, most of the people that we bring on as guests have never been on a podcast before. For the most part. And I mean, I would say 95% of them, Mm -hmm. 90 to 95% of them. And um, we actually kind of like it that way. Mm -hmm. We don't look for the people that have all of these platforms that they've been on and and there's nothing wrong with highlighting those people. Obviously they have something to say and they've right. been given, a, given an opportunity to say it, but we're looking for the people that haven't been asked, right. Hey, what's your story? Mm-hmm. Haven't been, been given a chance to say, um, tell us, tell us what's going on in your life. And so that's 
kind of the basis of why well, we do what we do. I actually love doing that in real life when there's no microphone, yeah. like asking the server, you know, what is your story? Or connecting with somebody, uh, you know, at a sporting event and just finding out people's stories. So I think that if we're all listening to each other with intentionality, like mm-hmm. we learn so much from each other mm-hmm. and we're so encouraged. Yeah. So Heather, introduce today's guest. Yeah, I'm so excited. This is actually a really good friend of mine. Um, we've known each other for more than a decade. Um, we've watched each other's kids grow up. Hers are a little older than mine. Um, but I love that because she's just enough ahead of me that I can let her figure it all out first mm-hmm. and then just learn from her good things and mistakes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so introducing my dear friend, Sherry Crowey, to the H&H Hour. Welcome, Sherry. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yes, we're so glad that you're here. It's taken us a while to get you here. We actually had you scheduled like the week that we all went into quarantine. Yeah. And so we had to say, oh, pause. Yeah. (laughs) And now here we are weeks and weeks later. Um, But before we get into your story, I just have to explain a little bit. So we met each other 11 or 12 years ago, something something like like that. that. Mm -hmm. Um, We were attending the same church and became friends. And then just in the last few years, we've became even closer friends and our husbands are involved in this fun thing we have called Card Club, (laughs) which is so much fun. Can you tell us a little bit about Card Club? I don't know. Can I? I don't Isn't know. Isn't what happens at card club stays at card club? Yeah, so you can't tell too much. <laughs> Basically, we just get together we and we do. play cards and we laugh. And we laugh. Yeah. And we yeah. cry, let's be honest. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's so much fun. And I just have to tell you publicly, like, it's been so life-giving for us awesome. to be able to have something like that that's not stressful. It's just kind of let your hair down and, you know, we can all come in our yoga pants if we want and... <laughs> You know, it's really funny you say that because I've always looked at you and I just admire you. I I feel like I've just always admired you. And um, I told you a couple years ago that um, I wanted to be the iron to your iron Mm -hmm. when iron sharpens iron. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I've not felt that way. I've felt like, Heather, you've been the iron and I've been the paper and Mm -hmm. I've just... Not that you've shredded me or anything. But, <laughs> I probably, you know, like, I probably but have. <laughs> you, you, you have been such an inspiration. Mm-hmm. But um, and that is not how I pictured being the iron sharpening iron relationship that I had desired with you. But Card Club has really put us there, yeah. put me there. Yeah. And I just feel like that's awesome. And yeah. one more thing I have to say about Card Club is, yeah, there are tears, but the tears of laughter are so much more than the tears of um, sadness. So, and that is so healthy. And right now, today, during this quarantine, I am saying we are doing something so healthy to boost our immune systems. We, It is an awesome thing. Yeah, so. it really is. Bring on Card Club. Yeah, it's so it's so much fun. Um, okay, so tell us a little bit. Um, obviously, Heidi and I know so much about you guys and sure. your family, but our listeners don't. So tell us a little bit about yourself and about your family. Okay, so I am. I love saying this word. The youngest. I am the youngest of uh, four kids in my family, and um, by far. Uh, from my oldest, I'm by 18, far the youngest. By far the youngest, uh, <laughs> I am 18 years younger than my oldest sibling. So, I always like 
to make sure everyone knows that. Um, <laughs> well, and just a side note, um, we'll get into more of this story in a little bit, but your son got married this last summer and mm. you did not look like the mother of the groom. No. Uh, you looked like, no. I mean, everybody was like, what in the world? Who's Sherry the Crowey. That's awesome. <laughs> Who is that beautiful young woman? And oh, you were the mother so of the sweet. groom. So just, yeah, we'll talk about that. Well, we'll have, yeah, we should post that picture. That'd be fun. Oh. Yeah. Everyone can see. Yeah. Okay, so I cut you off. So keep no, going. No. Youngest so, of four. Yeah, yeah. And I am such a dad. I was a daddy's girl. And um, and then I ended up meeting and marrying the man of my dreams. Mm-hmm. I He's a great guy, Mike. Everybody thinks so, too. And I we have had five beautiful, beautiful children. So I am the mama to five, four boys and one girl. Or should I say, I'm going to start saying that differently. I am the mama of... Four guys and one lady. And we have the opportunity to have a new a daughter-in-law. Oh, not new, uh, a daughter-in-law. So, And Jack got married last summer and added to our family Elizabeth, sweet, sweet girl. And so I get now get to be a mama in love, too. Yeah. There you so, go. yeah, yeah, they're they're and we have grown a up. term for your family. Yes, tell us about it. Uh, oh, Crowy Nation. Yes, hashtag Crowy Nation. Yes, yes, it is a nation. It's this um, this whole idea that we've had five kids. So if each of our kids have five kids and their kids have five kids, can you imagine the nation that we will have in just a couple generations? Yeah, that, how... that's a really great idea. Yeah, and my parents also thought that. Yeah. Yes, they have seven. Yeah. And that's not happening. Well, so far, the highest number from any sibling is three. <laughs> but still. So three. But three is some days three feels like seven. It's still a lot. And sometimes. It's still a lot. <laughs> and you know, it's not always about the number. That's right. Numbers. Yeah. It's, well, it's, and by the time they all get married, I'll have six. So yeah. we're getting closer. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Crowy Nation. Well, we Crowy love Nation, Crowy yes. Nation. So, and other than that, I'm a wife. I'm a mom. I have a nursing background. And I don't know, things I like to do or hobbies, read and have fun and play with my kids. And you home so, educate? Home educate, yeah. Yes, that's a big part of your world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is. Very I big. do feel like I have to tell you that I feel quite proud of myself that I've influenced you slightly in some literature um, because you you read books that most people wouldn't even be able to pick up and hold um you just you just have a mind for literature and Mm -hmm. you consume it and you love it so much and and I love that about you um but I think it's true that I introduced you to some of your favorite books now right yes yes which is what Anne of Green Gables. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. Have, you didn't know of I, Anne of Green Gables? No, I knew, but I never read it. Okay. I've never read the series. And one and- day it came up and I was like, oh, you have to read them. And so I feel like I wear that as a badge of honor in go. our friendship <laughs> that I've helped you along that path. Mm, that's funny. That is I funny. I do love to read. So Okay. So a couple questions we love to ask our listeners. Mm-hmm. The show is about ordinary being extraordinary. So here's two questions for you. The first one is, Sherry, what do you feel about your life is ordinary? Okay, so this is probably one of the hardest questions that you could ask me. Because, I mean, just 
an initial overview. Ordinary, I am just a mom. I'm just a wife. I just stay home. You know, that's it. I'm ordinary. I, mm-hmm. But in answering that, I was talking to the kids and, and Michaela specifically, I said, I feel all my life, I have never wanted to be ordinary and I try everything. I've got that little like rebellious spirit where if I'm not a cookie cutter, I'm not. And so everything is going to be extraordinary. Everything is going to be out of the normal. And so the ordinary is hard for me to define Mm -hmm. in that sense um, because I don't want to be. I told Michaela, I said, I, I could just say, you know, I put my pants on one leg at a time, you know, that (laughs) saying, but no, I would fight that. And I would try to put them on both legs at the same time. So, (laughs) so I don't know. I'm, I don't feel very ordinary or I should say normal. So yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's honestly that people have the hardest time with this question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause I don't think God intended for any of us to feel ordinary. Mm -hmm. Um, But yet so often we live in that space. Yeah. Like, well, I'm just a mom or I'm Mm -hmm. just this or I'm just that. Mm-hmm. So your answer is not, you're not alone in that. Yeah. Lots of people answer that question that way. So on the flip side of it, what about you is extraordinary? Okay. <laughs> Here we go. So this is a hard question too. And so I am not very confident in myself or, you know, sometimes my thinking or my, um, what I say. So I'm like, oh, I don't know what to say. I know what I think. But I don't know what to say. So I asked my family for help. I love and that. So these are the answers I got. So you have to read them or you have to listen to them so that that it makes sense. But my husband says that the extraordinary thing about me is the method I use to educate and to basically raise the child, raise the children, how or help him raise the children. Um, how um, how we do that, what what avenue we look at. Um, or how we look at our kids and how we uh, go about um, processing, teaching them and guiding them and disciplining them. Yeah. So that's extraordinary from Mike. I would agree with that. Michaela um, pretty much said that I'm outside the box thinking, and that is pretty much spot on. Sums it up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jack um, contacted me and said, that I am protective over family. Mm-hmm. So true. Yeah, you are kind of a mama bear. I am so... Don't poke the bear, Betty. <laughs> you have the t-shirt in it. Yes. <laughs> you, po- you, you poke this mama bear, you will see yeah. Yeah. claws. That's okay. I can relate to that. Tucker says that um, I put up with the boys. I put up with the boys, but I have raised good kids. Aww. So he's proud of that fact, I'm thinking. Um, oh, and Tucker's 18, right? 19? He's 18. 18. Mm -hmm. So coming from an 18-year-old to say that about his mom. We love Tuck. Yeah. So the Luke says what Tucker says. (laughs) (laughs) Luke comes back and says the way I support them, that Mm -hmm. I will um, back them up anytime. Yeah. Mm. And then Hank said that it was my imagination that Mm. was extraordinary. And I love that coming from him mm-hmm. who has the biggest, yeah. grandest imagination ever. So, yeah. so, but I really do think that I'm just, what's extraordinary, extraordinary about me, I believe is my family and my way of loving them. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, wow. Those I were perfect those answers. answers. 
perfect answers. And I just want to jump in here. Can I be a part of Curry Nation for a yes, moment? Yes. Okay. So um, first of all, what's the range of your kids mm-hmm. age-wise? So our oldest, Michaela, is 23. Jack is 21. Uh, Tucker is 18. Luke is 17. And Hank is 13. Okay, so you have a, a wide range right now. Yep, mm-hmm. yep, of kids. You've got teenagers in the house still, um, you know, middle schooler, and then you have adults, right. married adults. Um, okay, so what I want to tell you, and I've told you this before, but I want to say it publicly um, about you that is extraordinary, and it's similar to what uh, Hank said is your imagination, is that God gives you this incredible, has given you this incredible gift of seeing um, pictures and mm-hmm. being able to use those pictures to come up with these incredible, normally spiritual analogies. So, you know, I think of, and we don't have time to get into them all today, but I think of you used a train once to talk Mm -hmm. about marriage. You used an archer and arrows to talk about family. You used a circus to talk about, still waiting on that book that that you're going to write about (laughs) About raising kids. (laughs) Yeah. And a circus and how Mm -hmm. it all is. Families are like a circus. Yeah. Um, and there's so many more. And you just, you have these pictures and these ideas and these thoughts that come into your mind that are creative and imaginative. And you're able to take those and translate them into stories and applications that people can take and go, oh, I relate to that. I can grow here. I can mm-hmm. work on this. And I, that is such a gift. And I love that about you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have loved that about you for a long time. So I just want to affirm you in that and tell you that that's a really beautiful thing that God has given you. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. I remember so the first time I met you, you walked through down the long hallway of the kids' church wing in the church we attended. And I just remember thinking that you were a darling, beautiful mama. And then mm-hmm. you had these little five blonde little ducklings behind you. <laughs> and they were little. I actually came across, I texted Michaela, your daughter, this photo the other day, but I came across the photos of when they were little being baptized. Mm-hmm. And they looked like babies. Yes. And yes. now that I know them as adults, it's kind of hard to remember those moments. But mm-hmm. so you as their mama raising one lady and four guys, mm-hmm. what was that like for you? And what were some of the differences of raising a daughter compared to your sons? Well, she's still doing it. So Well, yeah, I know. It? But what is it still like? Right, right. <laughs> well, it is such a unique adventure. I... I love it. I I always thought I wanted more kids, um, but I love the five. I love it's my ha- handful. And at one point, we were going to the kids were going to have a, a YouTube channel called the Handsome Handful. <laughs> so, but that wasn't meant to be. So, but um, I love it. I love I love the interaction of the boys, and I there are people who say, oh, I could never have a girl because I'm not, I'm just such a boy person. I never could have a boy. I'm, you know, I can only deal with girls. And I am just like, I challenge you, you know, work at them both because it's fun. And I think Michaela alluded in her podcast how um, just her personality because of the boys. And I think that our boys have such a great um, look on life or a view of life from a girl's perspective too, because of their sister. And so, um, I love the idea that it doesn't matter their gender, that they are born persons. Mm -hmm. They are each individual. And so you can't, um, you can't, I couldn't raise Michaela like I raised 
you know, or like, you know, I treated the boys. I couldn't and vice versa. Um, and I love that. And I love that it's, it's a lot, but we have five individuals that we are guiding and loving on and, Mm -hmm. and the love, the guidance, the, the discipline, everything is different in each one. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that, I think that is so important for any family, for any kids that they aren't cookie cutters that, so it doesn't, doesn't really matter if they're boys. It doesn't matter if they're girls. Um, they're each different and they have their own special little quirks. That is so good. I love that so much because I think sometimes in any size family, it can be really easy to put raising your children into one box and yes. say one size fits all. Yep. And I love that you brought that up. You're saying here you have five, so that's a lot of different personalities mm-hmm. that you have to navigate and figure out. Thankfully, you have the Holy Spirit to help you with that. Mm-hmm. But how do I raise this child differently from this child and this one from this one and what makes this one tick and what makes this one angry and right. you know <laughs> learning all of those different like it's a huge task to do right. that and I think sometimes as parents we our tendency is just to go well just one size fits all this rule fits everybody and that's yes there might be some overarching principles or rules that apply to everyone but the way that it comes down to managing those with each individual is so unique. I right. love that you said that. Yeah. Yeah. I was reading a book um, on birth order recently. And you saying what you said just now where you listed your children's names and their ages made me think of this, where they talked about the importance of not neglecting the middle group, no. where they said a lot of times a mother might say or a father might say, well, our oldest is such and such and our youngest, our baby is such and such. Mm. And then the rest are just in the middle. Mm-hmm. And you, I just, it hit me where your intentionality towards each of your children, you know, it's not just about your oldest Michaela and your youngest Hank. You are intentional with the boys in the middle too, to name them, to yeah. give their ages. And I think that that is a huge part of why you have been successful at raising was it Tucker that said that you did a, you've done a good yeah, job? Yeah, <laughs> that's part of why you've been successful. I think is because it wasn't just the five of them together; it was individuals. So well yeah. done. Thanks. Yeah. Okay, I want to talk about a season that you've recently entered. That's a new season for you. Um, you have adult children now. Yes. And I'm sure mine aren't there yet, but I'm sure it just seems like it happens overnight. Yes. um so what's one thing that has surprised you now that you're several years into having adult children what's one thing that has surprised you about having adult children um when you think about when your kids are little and you think about them when they like just not necessarily goals or maybe dreams about when they move out of the house or when they get married and have kids and, and you, you, you kind of think that there's like this, this separation or, you know, it just, it's not that you don't love them more, but you know, like, um, I don't even know a description to say it, that, that it's not that strong of a love maybe, or mm-hmm. does that make like sense? Like the love just d- d- diminishes? <laughs> yeah. Or softens or yeah. 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 Um, okay. So I was thinking about this. What surprised me is I'll just take Jack, for example. Um, I just remember he was probably one of the greatest babies that a person could ever have. I mean, he just, he was a happy, just a loving baby. And 
I just remember like I would walk into his room in the morning to say good morning and he would smile and just his smile would melt my heart. But thinking about before he was born, right before he was born, I lost it with Mike. I'm like, Mike, I, we've got Michaela and I love her so much. Hmm. There is no way I can, I don't know if I can love this baby. Like I yeah. love Michaela, you know, and, and it scared me. But as soon as Jack came, I mean, I did. Mm-hmm. I, I love Michaela and I love Jack and I love Tucker and I love Luke and I love Hank. Mm-hmm. There's no difference. I mean, so anyway, um, so to today, <laughs> you know, when Jack started dating and became engaged and then got married this past summer, I just, I assumed that my love was supposed to soften. And that was a hard thing for me to think of because I'm not ready for that yet at all. But my love hasn't softened because, um, the other day, this is so silly, but all of us Saturday, I think it was Saturday morning, we're sitting in our living room. So Mike, me, Tucker, Luke, and Hank, and we were talking and all of a sudden I hear big rumbling (laughs) <laughs> seven point nine or seven nine engine, I guess. <laughs> I'm supposed to have that, you know, the truck talk. Yeah. yeah. But um, and so my ears perk up. I sit up straight and I look out the the window and out of the corner of my eye, I see that big old honking camo truck come rolling up, and that smile that graced my face when my baby smiled at me is that same smile. And I get that giddy feeling like that's my boy, you know, and he came to see us and just to see him and to see his smile today that I love him. And that love hasn't diminished at all. hasn't even softened at all. It's just, it's not under my roof, you know, that so, and that's just an example of Jack. I mean, I obviously could do Michaela. That's a great I mean, example. So, yeah. I well, love that. we were with and you the other, the other night when Michaela was driving home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you were like a little kid at Christmas. Like, couldn't sit still in your chair. Like, you kept checking her phone to see how far away she was. And you ran out of the house to yes. go wait for her in the driveway when she came home. Um, and that is such, that's an encouragement, I think, for those of us that are a little bit behind you to say, like, our love for our children doesn't have to change, to lessen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what did that look like for you getting to that place, like realizing that? Did that, was it just an overnight thing or was it a process you had to go through? Oh, definitely a process. Um, you know, looking back on it, it's like, oh, that situation came up oh, that situation came up Mm -hmm. to prepare me for things. Like Michaela's like, I'm going to France in a month. And (laughs) wow. (laughs) I mean, she had never been away. I remember the the day we went shopping. I like this was in her teen, like early teen years. We went shopping and she goes, will you go pay for it? She was so um, just kind of shy about even paying for a pair of jeans or whatever on her own, her own money. But and so to send her on a plane by herself to a foreign country, mm-hmm. that was that was crazy. But um, just heart preparation started around that time. Yeah. So yeah. So what would be your advice to other parents stepping into that season of adult children and what that transition looks like? Well, 
I was thinking about this and I'm like, you know, my words would be hold on. But then I'm like, oh, I don't want them to be mistaken. I don't want people to say, oh, hold on. Don't let go of the season you're in. Mm. I'm like, I am all about hold on, meaning buckle up, throw your hands in the air, take big, deep breaths and let it all out. Let's go. Let's adventure. Let's go on this together because it's, it's too, too much containment to try to hold on to something and not let life happen and not not be able to see where God is taking us. It's yeah. too much to be trying to, you know, hold on too tight and we're missing so much. And mm-hmm. I don't want to miss it. Like, for example, a couple of years ago, I love babies. I love my babies so, so much. And a couple of years ago, I was like in tears begging to have another baby. And I wouldn't want that now. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I know that God has a great sense of humor, so I hope that he doesn't switch that around on me. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I love my relationship and the communication and what I have with the kids right now. Mm-hmm. I don't want that to take too much of my time to interrupt what I have now in this season. Yeah. Does That's that really sense? beautiful. Yeah, it does. I want to ask you a little bit about the teenage years. Okay. Um, because I know you have a different perspective than the world has on teenage years. You know, if you talk to people who um, know that you're about to have teenagers, the response you normally get is like, oh, you just wait. Negative. Mm-hmm. You just wait until they're yeah. teenagers. Like, it's going to yeah. be terrible, and they're never going to want to talk to you. And you just get this onslaught of a bad report. Yeah. Right? And I, I feel like your perspective is so opposite of that. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, I think I've had the advantage because I've been home with my kids and, you know, day in and day out. So we've come to kind of a season where I'm, they're my best friends. And so in this teenage season, I mean, this is, that's all about our house right now. I mean, we have three teenagers at home. So, um, I just want to embrace this time. I don't want, I don't, I don't ever want to put that's what teenagers do on my boys yeah, or on my kids. But, um, I don't want, um, meaning like to label them the way the world yeah. does. Yeah. 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 I don't want to do that. I want to give them the freedom, but there's that thought of, you know, we've, and I've been saying these right, words matter and I, I'm so messing things up lately, but, um, we aren't raising, Mike and I are not raising kids. We're raising adults. Right. Yeah. We're not raising, you know, young children. We are raising these beautiful individuals to be adults. Yeah. And so, you know, we've given a lot of leeway um, in just being able to communicate, to talk with our kids, to go through things together with our kids, you know, to laugh with them and cry with them and know that we are, we're your parents and we're here to, to have that respect, but we're also here to show you what it's like to, to respect somebody. So does that, how is that, what's an example of how that's played out practically? I mean, I think I could guess, but what are some of the things that you've, you and Mike have implemented to create a space where your kids and even your teenagers and your adult kids want and are willing to talk with you? Well, 
Um, I've never been that, I do not like labels, but I've never been that helicopter mom. Mm -hmm. So there have been times where we've probably let our kids go a little bit farther and doing things that other parents might not because Mm -hmm. of, of, I don't know, fear of something like Michaela going to France. You know, we had a lot of people like, I cannot believe you are letting her go that far without. Mm -hmm. So something like that. But just recently, we've had some issues with um, a couple of the boys and they're they're big heart issues for me. Um, But I've had to kind of step back and say, okay, you know, this is right. This is wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, like. But you know the choice you have to make. And I think Tucker was, when he had told me that um, that I've, the extraordinary thing was I've done a good job at raising them, is he said, we'll, you told us how to do it, but we make the choices, Mom. Mm-hmm. So I'm not making his choices for him. If, you know, if he chooses to go uh, maybe a not-so-great path, I'm not making those choices, but he knows the right from wrong. And I'm behind him in what I've already taught him yeah, or, you know, good. like, and I'll walk alongside him mm-hmm. if, if he was the one, you know, you know, like trying to encourage him, I would never, you know, back down or, or enable him in any way, yeah. um, to make a wrong decision. So I know you've been really good about family dinners, family yeah. dinner yeah. and coordination is a big deal. <laughs> You've got a big, huge table, and you you enjoy cooking. Michaela enjoys cooking. Do your boys the boys pitch in and cook too? Don't they? They do. Yeah, they have. I've seen pictures of them. Do they do they have turns that like do they take turns or is it kind of like hey you know Jack you know, you're up Hank you're up well not Jack now because he's married but right well we I think we've been through seasons and we were in a season when they were all home and homeschooling and stuff and and we gave them you know a job like once so like once a week one of them would have to you know uh, plan out and prepare the meal and stuff. So they know, I wanted my boys to know how to cook. I wanted my boys to know how to cook well, not just throw hot dog and some boiling water or some macaroni and cheese from a box. I want them to know well. So, um, so yeah, they, they help out still a little bit. They know how to flip an egg and keep it over easy. So, I mean, (laughs) their wives will thank you. Yes. Yes. yes, I hope they will. They will. So, but yeah, family dinners are huge. In fact, while Michaela's home, we have um, something scheduled for a, in a couple of days, and I am just so giddy about it. Just having them all around the table, I, oh gosh, yeah, I'm happy. So fun, <laughs> I love that. Okay, let's talk a little bit about home education. Okay, it's something that we have in common, and not everyone listening can relate to it. But I want to talk more about not necessarily- right, right now. They all can. Every That's single true. one of them is home educating right this minute. You know, all of a sudden, <laughs> I feel so validated in so many ways. <laughs> Um, Sorry, I interrupted. Go for it. No, that's okay. (laughs) I want to talk about sacrifice Um, because you have spent many years home educating your children. That was a decision that you and Mike made as something that – a call that you wanted that you felt like God had put on your family. And so I want to know what has been valuable about that for you and for your family, but then also I want to know what you had to give up in order to do that. Like what sacrifices did you – Sherry, as an individual, have to give up in order to fulfill this call of God on your life? Okay. I think I'll answer that first. Okay. Um, so 
I am a registered nurse. I have my bachelor's, um, I have my BSN. Anyway, I was a great nurse. And I say was, clinically, I was a great nurse. And um, and I loved my job. And so I worked in critical care. And I actually, the last um, nursing position that I had was a nurse consultant for a legal firm, for a defense legal firm. So I love my job. And I loved the praise that I got for the job I've done, I've done. So that I gave that up, which it doesn't seem like a big deal, but in momentary, um, selfishness and looking at society, sometimes, um, I think, why, why did I give that up? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and the other thing I was thinking of is that I've sacrificed is just that creativity. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't have a, a venue or I don't have a, a, a way to express in a way, my creativity, my imagination that Hank, you know, admires obviously, but, um, I don't, I feel that that has to have been put aside mm-hmm. for a while so that I could put all my attention on my kids for that. So that's what I feel like that I've sacrificed as far as having the kids come home and have staying home with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are too many times that I can look at too many experiences that I would say, I wouldn't have changed it for the world. Mm-hmm. I would not have traded that in a heartbeat. I mean, even if it's, if it's the simplest being able to go out in the middle of the morning and play catch with the kids or go look at a woodpecker out in our backyard or, you know, like just to be there or to be able to cook 21 meals a day or a week. <laughs> it um, feels like a day, doesn't it? Yeah. To do the laundry I've done and the dishes I've done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but I just, the communication and the relationships that I have been able to build with the kids and, you know, with Mike, Mike has a a job that isn't very far away. So most days he comes home for lunch, you know, and if I'm working away, I mean, that's, that's building my marriage right there. So, so yeah, those are the things I wouldn't trade. So, and then the second question, was that it? (laughs) Just what is, I mean, I think you kind of answered it. What has this meant for you? But I, I think, I just want to say from people that look in from the outside, the sacrifices, and I understand those sacrifices too, because I'm also an accolade, accolades person. You know, it's like, it feels feels good to get noticed for something that you do. It feels good to get a promotion, to get a paycheck. Like yeah. that would feel yeah. amazing. <laughs> um, and you don't get that as a homeschool mom. No. You really don't get much of any of that. Um, you just get the day in and day out of knowing that you are sacrificing to educate and be with your children. Right. And you are actually the best person. God has equipped you to be the best person to educate them. Yes. You know, the world may tell you differently, but I will stand by that one till yes. the day I die. Yes. God yes. gave you your children yeah. and put in you what they need. And so... Because you're their expert. Yeah. You're yeah. their expert. Yeah. So, but just having watched you, uh, watched your family, the benefits are so noticeable. Mm-hmm. What you guys have created, you know, many families look at you and say, 
that is an example of a, of a family that I would like to model my family after. Mm -hmm. So I think that all of the sacrifices, like you said, there's, you remember that they're worth it and and they just, they so are, they're so worth it. They really are. Let's talk about your marriage for a minute. How long have you guys been married? It will be 27 years this summer. Yeah. And in fact, in December, it will be 10,000 days. Yes. (laughs) I love that. You're, husband preached recently at our church. You're both on our teaching team. We have a very unique setup at our church where we have, is it 17 of us that rotate and teach and preach God's word? And you're both on that team. And he said that in one of his most recent messages that he knew the day that it was going to be. He said the exact date. It's like December 16th or something like that. (laughs) And it's 10,000 days. And I just thought, I mean, that's pretty romantic. Yeah. Like, do you think that's romantic or do you think it's annoying? Like, does he tell you every day what day you're on? No. No. no okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, it is romantic. It's sweet. So that's a long, 27 years. It's a long time. I'm sure yeah. you've had ups and downs. Yeah. What is your, what's your overall feeling on marriage and staying the course and raising kids and all the things, but on marriage first, what does that look like for you? He is, Mike is awesome. He's my very best friend outside of Jesus, but, um, he is. And, um, I don't know that I would want to do this alone. I don't, I don't know that I'd want to do it with anyone else, Mm -hmm. you know, like just the raising the kids and, you know, everyday life. I don't definitely wouldn't want to do it with anyone else. So, well, he is a super huge fan of you. I mean, like if you stand back and you watch him watch you, it's pretty, your daughter's nodding. It's pretty adorable. (laughs) Yeah. Like he's like a little puppy dog watching you still 27 years in. That makes me feel good. So how do you navigate though? I mean, anybody knows if you're married and you have kids, instantly marriage just gets harder Mm -hmm. because all of a sudden you have all these kids that need all your attention and that you want to give all your attention to. And, you know, marriage very easily, very quickly can take a back seat sex life can take a back seat, like all these things, because you've got all these kids, you have way more than most people. So how have 27 years of marriage, because I'm with you guys pretty often, and I see you interact. Um, I know a lot of things about your marriage, and you guys have a healthy marriage. Like, doesn't mean that you don't ever have issues, but you have a healthy marriage. So how have you kept it that way through five kids and 27 years and highs and lows? Really, we've been, um, we're just committed. There's no, there's no backing out. So you've got to make these things work. (laughs) (laughs) You have to do it with a smile on or, and, or just to be angry all the time. And I just, I don't want to live like that. I mean, I love Mike and yeah, he gets to me some days and I'm sure I know I get to him a lot of days, but you, you said it, he, he, he loves me and mm-hmm. you can see it in him. And I hope that other people can see that I love him too, but oh, for sure. Um, yeah, but you just have to be committed. And as far as the kids, we needed to be an example for them. Mm-hmm. We need to make sure that they know that we were first mm-hmm. and then, and then them. That's really good. I mean, it's simple. But it's good. It's hard to do. You be committed. Like you're in this. You're in a covenant before God with this person. 
and that's not supposed to be broken. Mm-hmm. Right. Whether it's hard or not, like you're committed. Yeah. And that's what it comes down to. So you're committed and you figure things out, even if it means you have seasons where you're off with each other. Right. You know, you don't. I mean, I've known you long enough and been your friend long enough to know you guys have had those seasons. Yeah. But you always come back to center. You come back to what is God's design for us as a couple? And what is his purpose in our marriage is to bring glory to the Father. And you guys, you guys have that figured out. Absolutely. Yeah. That's so good. Well. We're working on it. No, no, we do. You, you do. You do a good job. <laughs> yeah, you good and job. you're you're a great source of encouragement. There's many of us that are a season behind you that are very very encouraged by your marriage, by your parenting. So well done. I would love to say that we've got it down to where we schedule date nights and we do planning trips regularly. We try, but it just doesn't work out. And so well, I don't even know that that's always the answer. I think that's the easy answer. You think so? <laughs> uh, I mean, not, not those things are all good and they're they're needed. They are. They but are I think so that's needed. the eat like, oh, how do you keep a healthy marriage? Well, we have we have regular date nights. Yeah. And we go on trips together. Yeah. But those are sort of side things. It's it's really so much more about um well, communication and intimacy. And being able to, like you said, committed. That I mean, you you hit the nail on the head. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Yeah. So in, and, in the very ordinary, mundane moments, yeah. you know, when you're not on a vacation, when when it's not easy raising kids, you know, I think that's when it matters. Is what's the marriage look like in those ordinary seasons? And I'm just gonna go here. And I'm sorry, Mike, but you know me well enough to know that I'm just gonna go here. So you guys have been married 27 years, and you have an yes. awesome sex life. Yes. <laughs> And I can't tell you how many people, how many couples that have been married four years, seven years, 15 years, and that's all they can complain about. Mm. And and so I just want to say, like, it can be done. Yeah. And and we don't, we're not going to go into all this today because I'm sure there (laughs) were seasons when you had babies and all that were, you know, it was more challenging. But I want to say, like, it can be done. Here you guys are 27 years in, and you have a healthy, thriving sex life that you both love. Yeah. And it's not like you tell us all the details. She's literally grinning. But, no. but we know because we can, we can see because you, you guys are – you're still so in love, and you're still so committed to each other, and that's part of it. Yeah. Yeah. It really Friends, is. Listeners, she's fanning herself right now. <laughs> Do you want to add anything to that conversation, Sherry? No, it's just – I think it would be easier if my daughter wasn't sitting right by me. <laughs> hey, let's be real. She's going to listen anyway. She will. So, and you know what? This is the best training ground for her marriage. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is. She's already heard all this anyway. <laughs> she's been a card club a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> Snuck in. Okay. One last thing before we let you go. I want to talk about getting older. Yeah. Um, because this is a conversation that we've been having now for a couple of years. And it's not a super fun topic. Um, but you've been walking through some of this recently, just changing, a season changing as a woman. Yeah. And you've learned some things and you have some wisdom and you have some experience. So let's go there. Okay. So I just have to say, I love God's humor. (laughs) So he sets 
women up to where their time of life, when they're starting to reach into perimenopause, that their kids are about the age where they're moving out and they're tearing heartstrings and where their kids are getting married and bringing others into your fa- their family. I mean, that's, that's huge for us. Um, and the time of life when, when your parents, or in my case, my, my parent is almost needing my care, you know, or, you know, assistance with some things. And so I'm almost trying to almost parenting my parent and, and now, and you have teenagers and, and you have physical and hormonal changes starting to creep up and go on and or sag down. Y- yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so you've noticed. <laughs> I'm just no. kidding. No. No. And so I just think it's really funny that God puts us in a season like this. Yeah. Um, and, but he knows we got, he, he, we can do it. Yeah. And he has given us, he has given me a great example. And I just want to say, I refuse to settle. Mm. I refuse to grow old. <laughs> I, ref, I refuse not to, or I, I am going to, if I have to grow old, grow old gracefully. And yeah. I know that is, sounds like a cliche, but I am doing it. I'm going to wear heels. I'm going to wear cute panties for my husband mm-hmm. until I am 90. I mean, if I have to, <laughs> I love but it. I am not going to settle and I'm not going to become frumpy. I am going to be Sarah. Mm-hmm. That is my goal is so that my husband at 65 years of age, he can look at me and say, we're telling people you're my sister because <laughs> I don't want people you know, like them to be scared that I'm married to you. Right. You know? <laughs> right. No, I, I'm proud to be married to Mike. But, you know, I want to be, I want to be described as very beautiful, very attractive. And, and it, it's not necessarily a vain thing. I want that pride for my husband. I want yeah. that. I want my kids to say, did you see my mom yeah. On that video doing a limbo in Mexico. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. I am gonna continue to try. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but in that, I know I have to I have to be healthy. I need to do the things that are the healthier things. I need to be exercising and eating right and you know, making sure that just mentally healthy, physically and yeah. spiritually healthy. And I just I just wanna do that well. Mm. So So would you say it's really starts with a mindset? It really does. Yeah. And until you, we have so many resources, so many materials nowadays. There has been so many research about what is going on hormonally or physically with the, the beginning stages and, and the stage of menopause, you know, and, and I look at it and I don't have a great example to, to help me along this way. So I've just been doing a lot of research and reading and, and realizing there is a lot out there that that it doesn't have to be quiet anymore. You know, mm-hmm. I, I want, I want to know why are, why, what's the purpose of these hot flashes and how can I deal with them without taking a drug, you yes. know, or yeah. whatever it might be. Um, 
I, I just, there's so much out there and there are so many people out there. It's time to start talking ladies. It's time to start, you know, not scaring me. Don't scare me into menopause and you, you gain weight and you have hot flashes and and don't, don't scare me into that. No, I refuse to do that. Yeah. So I feel like that could be a whole nother episode. Oh, Oh, absolutely. You don't have to be grumpy and frumpy when you're growing old. I've already told her like tell me all the things I will take all of the things. Yeah. Um, cause I don't, I don't want to go down. Obviously we're all going to go down that path of our bodies changing. That's, that's God's design for our bodies. Um, and I won't be mad when I don't have a period anymore. Let's just be real (laughs) honest about that. But like, let's, let's go into it knowing that we have options. Yes. And one of those options is our mindset. One of those options is we get to control the narrative that plays in our minds about Mm. our bodies and about what we're going to, how we're going to walk through this season. So, well, I think Mike has done, from my perspective, such a good job of affirming you as Mm. you've grown older. And I mean, I know multiple times you guys will walk into the church doors and somebody will say, Sherry, you look beautiful. And he'll say, doesn't she? That's Mm. what I told her, you know, and just those verbal affirmations from him that remind you that. Girl, you still got it, mm-hmm. and he knows it. And just to clarify, you're not 65. No, no. Did you I say am... she was? No, no. But no. I think I think Sarah was about 65. Oh, okay. right, I got to, right. Yeah, yeah, I just, yeah. I just wanted yeah. our yeah. listeners to know that <laughs> no, she's not 65 not, with a 13 year old. Close. 65 with a 13 year old. I love oh, it. Though. I love it. Well, Sherry, thank you for sharing your heart with you're us. Welcome. This has been fun, and yeah. we've been looking forward to podcasting you for quite some time now. So thank thank you you for being ahead of us on this journey (laughs) of life. And just know that we, we are both cheering you on wildly and we believe in you and, um, we love your family. We love Crowy Nation. We love your children and seeing your family grow has been a, has been a fun adventure. I say often that I wish our children's ages lined up a little bit better, if you know what I mean. Marriage proposals. Yeah. Mm. But they don't, really. No. I mean, you never know. They could. <clears throat> but they're a little large, large yeah. gaps. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. We'll just we'll just take them as family. Family. There you yes. go. There we go. <laughs> okay. All right, friends. Well, thanks for listening. I'm sure that something Sherry said is sticking with you. We covered a lot. Uh, maybe we will come back for a hormone conversation with Sherry. Sherry has so much insight. She's She literally sits behind me at church on Sunday mornings, and there are many weeks where I will we will converse about what we're learning about our bodies or what we're going through, and we've talked about autoimmune and hormones and all the things. She's a wealth of knowledge. So let's do it. Let's have another let's chat. Let's bring her back, and all we'll talk about related. guys. for it. And, sure. and it okay. would be an episode guys should listen to as well because this will help prepare them for their own wives and that journey with their wives. So, yep. Because let's be real, it is a journey. Well, yes, I imagine it is. Yes. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. We're so glad that you tuned in. Feel free to share this with somebody that it might encourage, and we will chat with you next time. Bye.